In this episode of Starlight Tea, we serve the tea on lessons learned from the garden, including how perfectionism can affect not only how we view ourselves, but also our abilities and confidence in being creative. Welcome to Starlight Tea, where we're serving the tea for living a magically creative life. I'm Christy Cook. And I'm Belinda Boring. Starlight Tea Podcast, a member of the Once Upon a Podcast Network, is brought to you by Of Starlight and Moonbeams a team of authors and creators who support, educate, and create community with other women creatives and solopreneurs, helping us all keep our cups filled so we never serve from an empty one. To receive notifications of new episodes, plus a free subscription to our monthly Moonbeams magazine, as well as other exclusive gifts and offerings, be sure to join our email list at starlightandmoonbeams.com. So, Belinda, what's in your cup this week? I am very proud to say in my new Star Wars Tumblr that I got from the convention, I have no soda. I have mango Powerade, which is really cool. It's my (laughs) favorite flavor, and you can't get it anywhere else but Circle K. And so, yeah, I have it, and I love it. Iced Powerade. It's in my physical cup this week, and my life cup, it's just been busy. Summer is in full swing. We harvested some jalapenos, and I have my pumpkins doing really good. I've got a whole bunch of tomatoes growing. Blueberry, we got a blueberry bush, so some blueberries there. Trying to keep on top of that, trying to have fun with my toddler and work. Oh my gosh, it just, I'm like, is that it? Is that all I did this week? Mm -hmm. That was a lot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right, and just, you know, trying to absorb all the different things I learned, especially in the summer solstice, trying to process a lot of the insight that I I received to see how that can best help in just simplifying my life and letting it run smoother. And so I think it's going good. I'm looking at an oracle card on my desk right now that says metamorphosis. So yeah, that, that pretty much sums up this week. How about you, Christy? What's in your cup? Well, in my cup, I have tea, I have chai, and it kind of occurred to me that we've never really talked about it. And we are starlight tea. So I am going to share a little insight I have learned about chai. So there is chai, and then there is real chai. And the difference, one of the main differences are two things, cardamom and black pepper. And so those like real chai has those in there and the fake stuff does not. So that's something to look for because they all work together. And especially if you put turmeric or if it already has the turmeric in there, you need the black pepper for your body to absorb the turmeric. But there's just so many good things about chai and there's actually tea ceremonies with chai. So it's very magical and spiritual, but there's like tons of good benefits. Okay. So there's like, there's the black tea, but there's ginger, which, you know, is clearing for your digestive system and an antibacterial. There's cinnamon, there's the black pepper, there's the cardamom. I mean, just everything about it. So I, I just kind of felt like I should share that because we, we call ourselves Starlight Tea, but we don't really talk about tea all that often. 
on. So that's our main subject anyway, but I did want to share that. The one, by the way, that is commercially easily available at the stores is the Tazo Regenerative Organic Chai. And that you can get at pretty much any grocery store or Walmart or whatever. And it has those main ingredients that you don't find in the other ones. So that's what's in my actual cup. And in my life cup, I'm really excited because ever since I got my coaching certification a few years ago, I guess a couple years ago, I was challenged to come up with my signature program. And while I've done some coaching, I haven't, I just struggled with coming up with that program. And I had a real breakthrough this week and know exactly what I want to do and how to bring it forth to everybody else. And I'm really excited for what we're going to be doing like probably later this year, um, what we'll be offering. So that has just been a really big thing for me this week. Besides that, just working on the next magazine, Moonbeams Magazine. And this issue, we are highlighting Lamas, and which is the first harvest already, and Lionsgate, and summer powerful energy. So that's all really exciting too. And it, it's just, I feel that, you know, like you said, that since that summer solstice, just that energy coming through and that growth, yeah. and, you know, just making the most of these growing days that are starting to dwindle very quickly. And we'll, before we know it, we'll be in the fall. Oh my gosh. It just seemed like we just celebrated the beginning of the year. Like, oh. and we're headed in July and you're talking about harvest. And I'm like, ooh, harvest comes hoodies and scarves and hot chocolate and full leaves. Yeah. But I'm really like digging the energy that's happening right now. And I think once you come aware of the different seasons and the energy that's behind it and how your life can follow the the wheel of the year, you get to appreciate all the, the different nuances and, and the different energy. You do. Because I remember you saying before, probably a year ago, that you're most energetic in the fall and the winter and that you're just slow and lacking drive and motivation in the spring and summer. And it's not that way this year. You are just uh-uh. kicking ass. You are out there and you, you're enjoying it. I can tell. And I've noticed that for myself. Once you do learn about the different energies and you come to appreciate them you you just enjoy each season for what it has to offer because we know how to harness it I think that's the thing too and you and you've I didn't realize that it was just there. All I had to do was take it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I was about to say, you know, so when fall comes and and Yule, that winter comes, does that mean I get to take a nap too? (laughs) Yes. But no, that's that's my season too. And so I'm just going to be just as busy, but the energy will be different, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Things are starting to take off. And so. Yes. It's great. Okay, so you kind of brought up what I want to shine the starlight on right now is that, you know, you mentioned that it seems like just yesterday the year had just started. Well, actually, as we are recording this today on June 30th, we are exactly at the midpoint of the year. And I've been thinking a lot about what that means, the midpoint, because of what I've been working on. And when it comes to like stories, when as an author, you know, when you're creating the story, what is your midpoint? And because that's a big turning point in the story. And so I just kind of wanted to bring that to everybody's attention is we are at the midpoint of the year and really become aware of that. And what does that mean? Where have you gone for this first half of the year? What roads have you traveled? What 
ex- uh, experiences have you lived? And how are you doing on growing your crops, meeting your goals? What, you know, how much progress have you made? And now that we are in the big growing season, what do you need to do for the rest of the year to hit those goals, to manifest that life that you're wanting to create, to receive what you have put out there to receive? Because it's not always about chasing after the goals, but also, you know, taking the time to just be and receive. And so this is our midpoint, the midpoint of the year, the transition. And in a story arc, this is when things start going to shit. <laughs> when, you know, the big plot twists start coming in and, you know, you're... you're your heroine has been, you know, so far, you know, on this adventure or, you know, exploring this new world that she's been thrown into. And it's been great. She's been making friends, maybe a love interest or whatever. But it's at this point that things start turning. And so just being yeah. aware of this is the turning point of our year of this, this cycle of January through December. So... Like, how will we handle it when things, you know, if things start become challenging, you know, I think that's a great way to like, if you know how you're, it's not that you're wanting things to, like you said, go to shit. But Mm -hmm. if you know that, okay, you know, things are going really well, I'm learning, you know, that challenges come, how will you handle those challenges? If you've already got some kind of thought or plan in your mind of how you'll handle it, if it comes up, it'll do, you know, it'll be a little smoother, the transition, you know. Right, right. It's just, a, that's part of the empowering It's kind of like forethought. Yeah. 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 Of knowing just, that you can handle whatever situation uh, surfaces, whatever life throws at yeah. you, you yeah. know, that whole, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Well, make sure you have tequila with you too. And then you have a margarita, you know, and so... <laughs> There you go. Be drunk for the rest of the year. No, that's not what we're endorsing. No, no we're not saying that. <laughs> drunk oh my on gosh. life, not drunk on alcohol anyway. Exactly. And we're also not saying oh dwell gosh. on it. You know, we're not saying dwell on all the what ifs. You know, what if this happens? What if that? No, we're not saying that either. Um, but just being aware, just being aware of you know, that challenges can come up that, you know, hopefully you're on that high point for the midpoint. And just knowing that what's coming is just part of natural world, natural life doing its thing. Yeah. Well, like this episode is we're talking about uh, what we've learned from the garden and going along in that theme, just real quick before we start of when you're planning a garden and you're wanting to take care and nurture the soil and nurture your plants and nurture the growth that's there, what do you do? You check the forecast. You don't go blindly into it. And so we're at the midpoint of the year. Check the forecast of your life. You know, mm-hmm. how are things? Do things look, does it look like there's going to be a storm? What can you do pre- to prepare for it? You're not going to focus on it. You know, oh, it's going to be windy. Well, uh, I should do this. Oh, it's going to be a little cold. I'll make sure I bring a, a spring sweater with me. It's check the, I guess, yeah, check the forecast for your life. This is a great yeah. time for it. Just yes. so you know that you're yeah. still on, still on the path to having abundance and being right. successful. Or that you need to alter your path. It's also the time to say, oh, you know, this part isn't working. Or if you want the garden analogy, this part needs to be pruned so that I can grow in this other direction. So, yeah. Because energy matters. Yeah. 
Yep. So yeah, it's the midpoint, ladies and gentlemen. So it's time. It's a good checkpoint for you right now. Okay. So that's a good reminder too. Before we begin to serve the tea, we want you guys to be able to keep up with what we're doing because there's a lot of exciting things uh, being planned behind the scenes. Uh, you could subscribe to our email list for some free goodies. You can also hit the subscribe button and follow us on the socials. And we'll, um, we have a new link tree that's kind of like a one place where you can find everything. Um, we'll include that in the show notes. We're excited about that. Also, please consider leaving a review or a comment, something that lets other listeners know what you liked about the episode so that they can tune in too. Whether it is a review or a comment, every little bit helps. And we're excited to be able to reach new people. Okay, so this week we're serving the tea on one of the lessons that I learned from my garden this year. Um, if you've had a chance in this last issue of Moonbeams, on the current issue of Moonbeams magazine, I read an article about lessons from my garden, and there were three lessons there that I uh, that I've learned so far. And today I thought we would just we would discuss just one of them, and it was a big one for me, especially as my garden, this project was the biggest that I've ever done before. Um, and that's perfectionism and just how crippling it can be when we're wanting to accomplish a goal or a new project. And it got me thinking, um, I don't know about you, Christy, but in high school, I believe it was high school, we read a book called The Secret Garden by Francis H. Burnett. And I loved that book. I loved the TV show or the movie that we watched. And there was a quote that I included in the article in the magazine, and it's, Might I, quavered Mary, might I have a bit of earth? Earth, he repeated, what do you mean? To plant seeds in, to make things grow, to see them come alive. I thought that was just a, a fitting way for us to start today's podcast, because we're talking about gardens and about, yeah, how we get started with gardens, or it's the whole idea of taking a seed and planting it, nurturing it, and watching it grow. And so what about you? Did you want to share any of your experiences with gardens before we start, Christy? First of all, I'm going to say something about the secret garden. And anybody who knows me probably will not be surprised by this. When I was in the fourth grade, my dad was stationed in Germany. And I lived with my mom while he and my stepmom went over and got settled in and everything. So I came in there in the middle of the year. And I start school and it's a whole adjustment and everything. I mean, it's a whole different country and, you know, and so I really struggled there and I was so far away from my mom and it, you know, back in, this was 1980. So you, the phones, you know, you, it wasn't easy to call internationally. And when you did, there was this really long delay and it was so expensive. So I was just in a, having a tough time um, adjusting there. And, but we read the secret garden as a class and I absolutely loved that. Yay. I listened to our teacher read it and then I took it home and I read it myself. But here's the part that won't surprise some people who know me. I gave it my all and I asked my teacher if we could do a play of the secret <laughs> garden. And that's what I did. I wrote the script. And I directed, I I casted it, no and I way. directed it, yeah. and we put on the play for the parents of the Secret Garden. Yep. Why does so, that not surprise me? 
I know. <laughs> oh my god! It's so funny because you think back to like you know what is, what did I love doing as a child? Because that's one of the things you think about when you're thinking about your purpose and your passions and what you want to do in life, right? And those were the kinds of things I did as a child, and it's kind of like what I do now. So <laughs> it's just. It doesn't surprise anyone who really knows me. Um, but my actual personal experiences in gardening is I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I was the only child, so it was up to me to do the weeding. I got That was my job, was to Aww. do the weeding, which is like, to me, that was the worst part of it. And then I got stung by bees and... Oh, I, I used to hate gardening. And even when we had our farm, you know, we had this huge garden and I was like, that's you guys. That was my uh, boys and their dad. That was their their thing to do because I would do all of the cooking and um, didn't really can, but freezing and everything and doling out to all the neighbors, all of the abundant growth. But it's only been recently that I've even had any kind of thumb that was not black. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the other thing. My, my ex was happy to keep me out of the garden because I just tended to kill everything anyway. Oh. <laughs> But I'm learning. And so I'm learning through you. And I love how you share um, everything about your garden. And it makes me excited to one day be able to have one and give it another try. So I'm glad we're talking about this. And Man. I love your, your article, The Lessons from Your Garden. So let's talk about it. Awesome. Well, uh, it's funny because I always thought that I had a black thumb that I wasn't able to grow anything. And in the last place that we lived, uh, that's when COVID hit in the lot in the last place. And I hated weeds too. Like the landlord had laid out rock and I don't think they had anything to protect underneath from weeds. So I was constantly having to pull weeds. And it's funny now that we've moved into this new place, I actually love pulling weeds because I feel like it's cathartic. Like I'm pulling this out. I'm making it mm -hmm. good. But uh, yeah, when COVID struck, everyone was getting into gardening and, and we had family living with us and they had had success with gardens, but I didn't want to put down roots in like a raised bed because I don't know, I just, I didn't, didn't want to do it there. So we got massive big pots and we were doing really good, but like we're talking about today, perfectionism kept kicking in. And if something died, I felt that it was my fault, that I had failed. And so I totally just would stop all that excitement, all that passion of planning. I would absolutely stop it because I was just paralyzed. And my poor husband, he was the one that was left watering the plants and doing all of that. And I would, it would like all of a sudden a void was out in our backyard because it was just evidence that I had failed. And so when we moved to this new place, we have this massive big backyard. And our landlord was like, oh, my friend has some raised beds. And then we had some success with accidentally planting some pumpkin seeds uh, last year. And I grew some mm -hmm. pumpkins. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot again. Um, I'm just going to do a little garden. Um, you need to know I have three massive big raised beds out here with cattle wire um, trellis. I have three smaller ones that I've done. I have two kid raised beds on stilts. I have herb tower, random pots <laughs> all over the house, I over the backyard. I was given a clipping of a cactus, which is growing. So yeah, my little garden is actually quite big. And I sat back 
the other day and said, oh my gosh, Mark, I think I underestimated how much garden is here. Like there's a lot, but it's beautiful. But I remember in the beginning, like, and I've been planning like from the beginning of the year, like, okay, this is when I'm going to, I'm going to focus on my beds. And I got out a rototiller and I rototilled everything like massive effort. Um, Lots of muscle throwing like, big bags of mulch I think we had like 60 bags of mulch and then we had like compost and soil and manure and got it all ready and it was all primed and then we were just waiting for the temperature but I was so nervous and my cousin is also doing a garden too and this is where the lesson came from I was so focused on making sure that everything was perfect my soil had to be perfect the temperature had to be perfect. I was watching everything. I was Googling everything. And then I went over uh, to her where she was planting her stuff. And she's kind of chaos gardening with her husband. It's chaos gardening is where you just plant it wherever and just whatever grows is wherever grows. Because I even had mine gridded out. So only so many can go here. Yeah. So many can go here. And I remember telling her, oh, my goodness, I'm so scared of planting the seeds wrong do I direct sow do I start him inside what happens if I've got frost I was like oh my gosh and it didn't matter what I'd prepared or what I'd done I was absolutely paralyzed absolutely and I started creating the scenario that I was going to screw up and she says Belinda 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 you know what when it comes to gardening there's no such thing as failures they're just lessons and experiments Belinda if something doesn't grow, you learn next time. What did you learn? So next time you do it different. She says, I'm like, aren't you worried about your garden? She says, no, you know, if I, I'm always learning something, there's always something new. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on that. Like, and so that was a, probably the number one lesson I learned from my garden this season was to let go of that rigid need for control, to control every element of that garden. And just realize if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I've already started to see that. Like we planted some overripe strawberries in a pot. It didn't grow. Oh, well, I guess we learned. I planted strawberry roots. They didn't sprout. You know what? At least now I know I'm not going to do it. We bought a, a container of strawberries and I left it out the one night that frost came through and it got frozen. (laughs) and I'm like ah and it's something that I've had to keep reminding myself but yeah um perfectionism it's been a huge lesson in the garden and it's something that I keep seeing on Facebook too about the concept that there's no mistakes we're simply learning and experimenting to see what works and what doesn't and then I thought oh my gosh my little garden is teaching me something about life And something about Mm -hmm. as a creator, like as someone who's being creative and like, I'm an author, I love to write. Oh my gosh, perfectionism, right? It kicks you in the butt. And the minute it gets hold of you, of your imagination, it can put on the biggest death grip, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It shuts it down. Yep. And that's, that's kind of interesting because as you're telling this story and I'm listening and I'm thinking, you know, the chaos garden, I love seeing the pictures of those because it just it just looks wild and free. And as you were telling that story, I was just thinking, you know, that's how nature is. It's not like 
anybody's out there specifically planting in nature exactly, you know, in rows and, you know, so far apart and all these things, it just grows and it either works or it doesn't, but it's creating and it creates beautifully. Right. And so, and then, yeah, bringing it back to our, our art, whatever that art is, that's really where that magic is, is bringing in or allowing it to, to do what it's, it needs to do rather than trying to force it or control it or make it perfect or make it aesthetically pleasing. I'll say one of the things I've learned, um, I don't, I'm in a condo, so I don't have a garden, but I do, I have started with plants and it started during um, the pandemic. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to grow some plants. And I, I didn't kill them. They actually did really well. And I wasn't great with them. And, you know, but they, they still flourished. Could they have done better? Maybe if I knew what I was doing, but did they still grow? And, you know, my plant loving and growing relatives would come over and they're like, whatever you're doing, don't stop because (laughs) your plants look amazing. (laughs) And so, but one thing I did learn is with, plants, and this is a lesson for life that's kind of related to this perfectionism, is, you know, we want this plant to go perfectly in this corner because that's where it looks best or perfectly in this window because, you know, that's where we want it to be or outside, you know, we want it in this bed because it's in front of the house and it looks so pretty, but it that might not be the best place for it. Yeah, And that was, you know, something I learned, you know, like my herbs grow best in my bedroom. And so, yeah, every time I need an herb for cooking, I have to go to my bedroom to get it. But that's where they best grow. And that says something about people, too, is allowing people to grow or your art to grow or whatever it is, you know, where it it does it best instead of trying to force and control it and make it perfect or aesthetically pleasing. Because, yeah, the minute you try and put it in that box, the minute you start trying to stop, like, it's like, like, you made me think of like a flow when we're in that flow of things that the minute we dam it up, that's it. It stops or we become stagnant. Mm Um, the project stops, we stop, we freeze, and we just have to trust that the process that our imaginations, our creativity, they know the way to go. Mother Nature, like you said, knows how to grow mm-hmm. things. A plant knows that if it drops its acorn on the floor, it's going to grow somewhere. It doesn't go, oh, 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 and try. No, there's none of that. And so I think sometimes <laughs> as creators, because we want things pretty, we like pretty things, and we like things to be ordered, at least I do, and be aesthetically pleasing. I think sometimes, and we want it to be the best. I think that's another thing that drives perfectionism. We want it to be the best so people will like it and appreciate it and buy it, and so that we can find that kind of success. I think, though, there's a line that sometimes we can cross and that we want it to be the best so much that we just freak out and we we start diverting our energy elsewhere. The energy is not going into creating it. It's yeah. it's fueling that irrational need because it's like editing. How many times do we say it doesn't matter how many times you edit, you're never going to get a perfect edit. So if you focus on editing right. and making sure it's it's just one of those things, you do the best you can and then you go on. That's the thing. Perfectionism doesn't allow you to keep going. It doesn't allow you to keep flowing. It doesn't allow you to grow. 
it doesn't allow for those accidental, beautiful, experimental mistakes that happen that are usually where the the magic, the good stuff is because you're too busy being rigid. Right. Especially um, trying to be the best in the beginning, you know, and whether it's building your garden or writing a story or painting something, you want it to, you, you just have this, if you get stuck on it anyway, and you're in that perfectionism mindset that you want it to be perfect the first time it comes out. And that's, that's not life. That's not realistic that mm-hmm. all that, all that's doing is putting pressure on you and whatever you're trying to create rather than just letting it have that flow, letting nature do its thing, letting those inspirations come in spontaneously and organically just like your pumpkins you know accidentally grew (laughs) last year and that was magical for you and that's and we were just discussing earlier about the writing process like our favorite parts is when those things just pop in it's like you know just trusting not trusting but just doing what you're doing and taking the story where you want it where it's going and then all of a sudden it's like that magic just comes in with that plot point or that character or even just a quote by one of the characters that was just like, oh my gosh, this is where we were going the whole time, but I didn't see it. But if you're trying to control it too rigidly because it doesn't feel like it's perfect or the best, you miss those opportunities. Yeah, that's happened so much. Like, and we call it writer's block. For me, that's what I would call my writer's block. But really was is that I got in my own way I was expecting something and trying to control Mm -hmm. the story instead of just letting it go and yeah you let it go and see how it develops you let the characters kind of guide it and all of a sudden you're just like whoa where did that come from there's that magic yeah and so yeah I I know that um I've had a hard time writing since Mark's accident and I was blessed to write with Havenwood Falls. And I loved that entire process and, and still battled with the idea that it has to be perfect. Um, but you helped me through that. And it was just such a great experience. The thing is, I know that there's perfectionism attached very much to my Mystic Walls. That's the, the book that I've been currently just stuck on for, what, four or five years. I get to a certain point and there's that perfectionism comes up. It has to be perfect, Belinda, because so many readers have been waiting for it. It hasn't been months. It's been years. What happens if you fail them? And so, yeah, that whole having to get it right the first time, making sure it's the best, um, not making any mix- mistakes, not allowing room for uh, ebb and flow. It can really, man, it's a pain in the ass. It really doesn't just hinder your creative experience it stops it and so Mm -hmm. i i know we're not the only ones who feel it what are some of those things that can help us kind of get unblocked what are some of those ways other than a swift kick in the butt what's some of those ways that we can pull ourselves through it because those situations are going to come they really are um every day we're gonna we're gonna have those thoughts surface it's we just need that ability to know we can move ourselves through it like for me It's that mantra. There are no mistakes, simply experiments. There's no mistakes. I'm simply learning. Another Mm -hmm. one is I go down to my farmer's market 
when it, we're, we're coming back to my garden, um, I go down to the farmer's market and I just found out the lady I've been talking to this whole couple months is a master gardener and she's going to be offering lessons. And mm-hmm. I've been going, showing her pictures and saying, this is what I'm thinking. And she always says, Belinda, you're right on the ball. Oh, you're doing really good. And so I kind of get that little boost of confidence from that. So going to others who you respect or admire and, and, and finding help within your community, but are there other ways that as creators we could help? Yeah, I think finding peace and comfort in letting go and letting create, just letting it flow, letting what comes to you instead of chasing after whatever the idea is or whatever you're trying to create, letting it come to you. So I have an example to share from writing um, about experimenting and allowing the, turning the mistakes into lessons and such. I remember I had written this one part of the book. It was one of the later books of Soul Savers. So it was very tense and dramatic. And I wrote this scene and thought it was really great and everything. And I lost it Mm -hmm. and I had to rewrite it. And I was just so devastated and and annoyed and everything but this was a a really good lesson and it it comes back to the gardening as well but and also whatever creating you're doing is when I rewrote this scene all of a sudden there is another character um, not a new character but someone in this scene that hadn't been there before and I was like dude why are you here now you're not (laughs) supposed to be here why are you here stay in your lane (laughs) and it actually wasn't until several chapters later that it came back to why he was in that that previous scene that I had to rewrite that he hadn't originally been in, but it made all the sense in the world. And it was just one of those magical moments. Like, oh my gosh, it's it, it was like something was flowing there that was not me that knew that he needed to be in that scene before for this later one to even make sense because I hadn't put it together then. And so that was just, you know, it was a good lesson for me for one when that does happen, when you lose, and I've learned this a few times, whatever happens where the, the computer crashes, it didn't save, whatever happens, every time I've had to rewrite a scene, and fortunately, I haven't lost huge chunks. But those times that I have, it always ends up coming out better. I love and that. that, I think, goes back to with the garden is, you know, remembering that everything is an experiment because it's just like in life, everything is temporary. And even if you do it perfect, it's not going to stay that way. Yeah, you know, and in the garden, it, it all ends up dying at the end of the season. And next season, you start all over. And so instead of getting hung up and stressing yourself out and getting all almost to the point of paralysis that you can't act, whether it's planting the seeds in the exact right place or, you know, writing or doing the piece of art or whatever that you just allow yourself to say, Hey, let's see what happens and throw it out there and then see what happens, see where it goes. And it's, that's usually the the really fun, magical part. You should see me in my garden now. Like you would never think that I was a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're going to put it here. And it's funny, like I bought gloves so that I wouldn't touch the soil. I don't even use them. Digging in the soil. Um, let's, we'll put some here. But Belinda, that's why there is. Oh, it's fine. They're friends. Like I know which ones are friends and they can be together. 
And I was like, I've even got one in there that for chaos gardening, I've just throw it in and see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it's unbelievably freeing, unbelievably freeing. Yeah. Like uh, that stress and that energy that, oh my gosh, it's just, you know, and you're right. It's just for this moment, you know, things will grow. They'll either won't or they will. We'll eat it, we'll can it. And then we start again next year. And so I think, yeah, see, I'm still learning from my garden. I'm still learning just, yeah. I love that. Um, Something else I wanted to bring up before we wrap this up is also remember that what you are doing, you are here to experiment and to learn and to grow. And if you know that what you are doing is what you are meant to be doing, when you question yourself and, you know, that perfectionism or that imposter syndrome starts settling in and you are questioning, like, can I even do this? Who do I think I am trying to do this? I'll never be able to do it right or perfect or the best. And if you truly are connected to the divine and you have faith in God, goddess, the universe, whatever it is that you put your belief in, when you're questioning yourself, you're questioning that entity as well. And so have faith that if, if the goddess or God or whatever, however you name it has given this to you, this gift to you, have faith that he or she, it, they, whatever is going to be there for you throughout the process and support you in it. And that you have that energy and that power and it it's it's in you and it it goes back to what we say the magic is in you you are the magic so trust yourself and trust the divine to be there for you i love that just take a deep breath and have fun you know you're given your your yes. gifts for a reason you're given your gifts not to be so serious and judgmental of yourself you're given them to have fun to explore yeah. to experience to experiment and to share that light within you the magic that you have so yeah it's definitely a great lesson i think it's something that we all have to remind ourselves you know just take a deep breath we're here just to to learn and to grow so yeah there was a a quote that i wanted to share too just at the end that i agree wholeheartedly and it says, as I work on the garden, the garden works on me. And that's by Gayla Trail. Isn't that just a perfect way to sum up how life is? As we go through life, life works on yeah. us. And so yeah. I love it. What a great, a great episode to talk about. It was my article. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to know, <laughs> that sounded so egotistical, but I, I am. I was so excited to be able to write it. Um, if you go to this month's current issue of Moonbeams Magazine, you'll find the entire article there with three lessons. And just a spoiler alert for those listening, in the next issue of Moonbeams Magazine, I have done a sequel because my garden is chatty just like me and I'm a willing student. And so I, there's a few more lessons um, that I wanted to share with you guys. So that's coming up as well. So I hope that you'll check out the issues. There's some great articles in there about summer, especially about the garden. So yeah, thanks, Christy. Just in case you're listening to this much later, you've stumbled upon starlight tea in the winter, whenever it is. Um, The issues we are referring to are June and July of 2023.
So Christy, what starbursts are you going to share with us today? I am sending a starburst out to Book Funnel. And our author listeners are probably pretty familiar with Book Funnel, but I actually came across chatting with some who never heard of it. And so Book Funnel is a way to put your book out there in a variety of different ways. Like it started and how I use it the most is as a way for readers to get free books when they are subscribers of my newsletter. And so Book Funnel manages that whole process for me. I just send the readers to sign up and automatically they get the links and book funnel delivers the book and they have a way of coding every single file so if it gets shared on a pirate site they they can track it down to exactly who shared it so i've always loved that about them but more recently and why i want to shoot this starburst out for them is because they're helping us with the magazine, Moonbeams Magazine, and we are switching to a paid um, starting with the July issue. And so um, there'll be $5 for the issue, or you can subscribe to it. And you can subscribe just on a month-to-month basis if you want to, or you can subscribe for the year and get a big, a significant 25% discount. And so BookFunnel is helping us so that we can make sure that those who have subscribed are getting their magazine delivered to them. And they kind of went above and beyond. I can't, I won't say kind of, they definitely went above and beyond in the last week or two, helping me figure out the logistics and how to make it all work. Um, because normally they're dealing with books and not magazines. So I wanted to give a shout out to them and give them the starburst because they did do that. And I really appreciate them. And if you are an author and you haven't used the many services of Book Funnel, check them out. And if you are a reader, they have, and I'll put the link in the show notes, but they have um, places where you can discover new books and get new, you know, free books and discover new authors. And, you know, it's, it's a great place to find those reads or to, you know, explore a new to you author and see if it's something that you'll enjoy so that you can continue reading them. And I, I love, I love yeah. a company that really likes to support those that use it. It's not, yeah. let us take your money and make it very, very hard for you to use our services. Um, when they go that extra mile, it's always appreciative. So, yeah. Yep. And, and that's, they've, they've done it for me in the past too, or they, and they really take, you know, suggestions and see if they can make it work. And that's, I love the companies that do that. That was my starburst. What's yours, Belinda? Okay. Well, going along with the garden theme today, um, I, my starburst, I want to shine on local farmers markets. Uh, I'm really fortunate mm. that we have a really good one where we live. It's new this, this year, but I know that all around the, the country that people go to different farmers markets, if you don't know what it is, it's just a, a place where people come and they sell things as well as farmers are able to come and sell like fresh eggs, produce, I know our one is gearing up to do produce, um, but they were selling starter plants for those that were wanting to do gardens. I want to say at least 95% of my garden came from local farmer's market or seeds. I like being able to support locally. And it's just a lot of fun. Just a couple of hours, usually on the weekend. Ours is on Saturday. They have a food truck that comes to ours and I get my Beria ramen which I'm excited because tomorrow is Saturday. So it's ramen Saturday. 
a lot of the time it's just really fresh fruits and vegetables and you're supporting your community and also you're just getting out yeah. and being seen there's just that at least in this one that we're at there's this beautiful energy when I go to the farmer's market everyone says hello everyone's happy big starburst out to farmer's market and if you have one in town and it's wonderful I hope you go and check it out Thank you so much for joining us for this cuppa. Please come back next Wednesday when we'll be serving the tea on another deliciously magic topic. You can find Starlight Tea on Spotify, Apple, Good, I- uh, Good Pods, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Player FM. And I just want to throw in there, if you go to our new link tree, you can click on the podcast and it shows everywhere where you can find it and link right to your favorite host. So that is really super cool that I was excited about and wanted to share. And so in the meantime, be sure to follow us at Starlight Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and maybe someday TikTok. And if you have a question or a topic suggestion, feel free to DM us on any of those or shoot us an email at hello at starlightteapodcast.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And in the meantime, remember to keep your teacup overflowing so you can serve from the saucer. Now go make some magic.